Second String Podcast. We're back again, once again, every day, every week, every year. It doesn't matter. We're coming at you. We're bringing you some content, bringing you some words, bringing you some entertainment. Here's the deal today. We got a basic plan. We got an easy, smooth rundown. First half, Bachelorette. I haven't talked about the Bachelorette. I know I didn't last week. I don't think I did the week before either. So it's been at least a week since we've done some Bachelorette. Just watch the new episode. Believe me, I'm caught up. I'm about as caught up as can be. So we're going to talk about that. And then the second half, I was going to do this Wednesday night. It's like Wednesday during the day. This will come out Thursday. MSU was supposed to wipe the floor with Virginia today. If you if you're an MSU basketball fan, college hoops fan, you probably knew that. They were going to stomp them out, squeeze them, juice them like in Drake and Josh, juice them and then wipe their blood on the walls to leave it for anybody, for any survivors. Sadly, due to coronavirus, that game will not be played tonight. So that kind of eliminated. I was going to just talk about MSU hoops today. I was going to talk about the game for half of it and how MSU kicked their ass. And then I was going to just talk about the season as a whole. So that's not going to happen. So we're going to do first half bachelorette, then about what, like 15, 16 minutes in. I will talk about some state hoops just because I haven't. Not really anything else to talk about. I did the Pistons yesterday, Red Wings, God knows, Lions, who fucking cares? Doesn't matter. We'll talk I talk about them once a week anyway. And uh tomorrow will be the random jokes, charcuterie board, what random one. So first half bachelorette, second half state hoops. Here's what we got though, bachelorette. Right from the jump. I didn't usually you know me. If you've been paying attention, you follow along, you know. I take very diligent notes. A lot of stuff goes down in these episodes. I'll, I'll in my notes fo- folder or whatever you want to call it, the notepad in your phone, I'll have like 20, th- 20 things written down. Not this time. Kept it simple. Kept it easy. Only a couple, only a handful of things I really wanted to touch on. Usually, too, I go like 40 minutes, so I'm only doing 15 today, so not as many things to talk about, not as much time to talk about. But first thing. Bennett, we kick right into where we left off last week. Bennett, Noah, rivalry season, couch, mano a mano. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Please, somebody explain. What are we doing here? When Tasha, they're sitting there and Bennett's like explaining all the shit he says where he's like, I told him it's like talking to a 14-year-old. He's not emotionally intelligent. He has zero chance. What are we doing here? Tasha, did, did we hear this guy? Are you listening to the same dude I am? You needed to spend the next however many minutes or hours figuring out who you want to send home. This guy blows. This guy's the worst. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. I don't know what I don't know what this is this has become about. And I know they're Bennett truthers, which again makes no sense. I was kind of a Bennett, not necessarily truther, but um I don't know. I enjoyed him. He was funny. He's a absolute weirdo so that's always fun to watch on the show he's a weirdo he's a serial killer most likely and he probably eats people for fun those are like his three main qualities so i was a fan of his naturally just based on that alone that guy screams entertainment value but noah comes in and he brings something to the table that i love an absolutely grisly mustache if you know me i love a good mustache so boom i'm in on this guy right off the bat but Bennett's just being a dick to him. Like, what's the deal with that? All the Bennett truthers and lovers out there, can someone explain to me? This guy's just an asshole to Noah, and we're like all team Bennett. This is the same guy who fucking brings up the fact that he went to Harvard every two minutes too. Like, that's also why Bennett's Bennett's the classic, we're not laughing with you, we're laughing at you guy. But all of a sudden, 
we're laughing with them. Why? Why are we laughing with them? Who? Who and why are we laughing with them? If Imagine meeting someone in real life who just mentioned that they went to Harvard every single time they were given the opportunity. You would hate that guy. You would hate him. And then on top of that, they're like, oh, by the way, you're not emotional. And like, I know, I know you, I know you better than you know yourself. You're not emotionally intelligent. I've, I've, I've observed that you're not emotionally intelligent. Like what, what are we talking about? That guy sucks. You, you, people like this dude. Imagine meeting him. You would hate this guy so much. Like guy, girl, old, young, it doesn't matter. If you met someone who's telling you that you're like unintelligent emotionally and says talking to you is like talking to a 14 year old, even if they are 11 years older than you, bro, you suck. Shut up, man. If some, if a 32 year old was like, Hey, talking to you is like talking to a nine year old. I'd be like, bro, you're the fucking biggest loser on the planet earth. What are you talking about? How are we on? How are people team Bennett? Like, don't get me wrong. Noah's not. The, the son of God by any means. I'm not like fucking hailing this dude, the King, but at least he's not an asshole to people. Right? Like, how is this even a, and even back to Tasha, how does Tasha sit there? And then Bennett explains everything he said and how right on the spot, how is she not like, all right, we'll see ya. I mean, you suck. So fucking you can get the hell out. See ya. How did that not go down? How did she even like need to go talk to him more? And how was it even like, oh, that was such a difficult decision. Bro, fucking get rid of the guy. He's the worst. He's the worst. Noah, again, not anointing him the king. Not He's not the best guy in the world either. He's not my favorite. But I mean, like he's all right. What? It, I don't know if there are Noah haters within the fan, like within the Bachelor Nation or whatever. But if there are and the guys on the show that all seem to hate know like why I feel like this dude doesn't do shit. At least what they show us like this guy just fucking hangs out and like drinks wine. That's that dude sounds awesome. That guy sounds like someone I'd want to be best friends with. So can we take it easy on the Noah Bennett thing? And then of course, Bennett, um, he gets sent home for the time being. He comes back at the end of the episode, obviously spoiler alert, I guess. But he gets sent home, which is good. Rightfully so. Blow to the ego. Like, bro, fucking just have a little bit of go down to earth, like get a little bit of perspective, relax, realize nobody cares that you went to Harvard, realize just because you talk like a main character from an 18th century novel doesn't make you better than everyone. Like get some perspective, guy, get some perspective, maybe, maybe lose a little bit of the the East coast wealth vibe and get a little bit more of the, yeah, I used to work in my uncle's fucking mechanical tractor, mechanical bull shop repairing bulls over my summers. Like maybe pick up a little bit more of that vibe rather than the, Oh my, the worst job I've ever had was a mater D at a Morton steakhouse. Right. But I don't know. I mean, Bennett just, I started off, didn't like him because he was such a weirdo. And then I liked him because he was such a weirdo. I was like, oh man, this is actually him being such a creep is actually going to be awesome television. And then now he goes from creep to being kind of an asshole. And it's like, all right, guy, get him out of here. Uh, another, another thing I wanted to talk about next thing, I guess. Rose ceremony season. My boy Noah. I guess I kind of is my boy. Well, I'm just picking his side in this one. He gets a rose. Ed finally goes home for the love of God. Another guy where I'm like, what, why is he even here? His purpose on the show is to just 
like get mad at other guys that are doing better than him. Like, I don't even, I don't know what Ed's doing there. Honestly, he, the old, that mask thing where they're wearing the facial masks. It's the only time I've seen him talk to her and he was fucking terrible at it. He wasn't funny. He was like, Oh yeah, no, it's good. He's just awkward, clunky. The guy, uh, he, he's a guy who like lived in a locker throughout grade school, like lived in one. Um, I'm glad he's gone though. I mean, why was he ever there? How did he like Chris Harrison? I love the guy. I've sung his praises numerous times here, but when a guy like Ed makes it through what I imagine is a very vigorous test to get on the show in the first place, I'm sitting there like, really this dude got on this dude's personality is about is like that of like a bag of sand. That's it. He like what he's kind of, muscular i guess even though when it when it comes time to use those muscles he complains about having a dislocated shoulder the fuck is this guy around here for he's a loser i'm glad he's gone that guy was the biggest loser on the show he was the worst and then on the flip side blake's evil twin i mean ed's evil twin blake who another guy i'm not sure tasha's met him but he got a rose. He keeps getting roses. This is like the third week in a row where Blake hasn't said a word to Tasha and is getting a rose. And I'm sitting here like, I don't even, what are we, what are the, what's the, what are we doing here? We're just giving people roses. Blake, you haven't even met this guy. Like legitimately the only time I think I've seen him speak to her is her saying, will you accept the rose? And him saying, yes. And then it's like, all right, we'll see you next week. Like this guy just doesn't hang out with her at all. How is he getting roses though? And not to mention, what is it? Like this week, they're go- she's going to the guy's house, or or they're meeting her family. Like one of the two, someone's meeting somebody's family, and you've just never had a conversation with this dude. But you're gonna go meet his family. Like, what's that gonna be like? You like Blake's with his family at home, and Tasha gets there, and he like goes out and gives her a handshake. <laughs> like, what is that? What does that look like? She hasn't even met the guy. She hasn't even talked to him. How is he making it this far? I don't understand. Like, I don't, because I get the producer polls. Like, the, the reason Ed was hanging around, I would imagine, Ed, Noah, Bennett, the reason they hung around so long is because the producers are like, all right, well, we'll we'll slide him along. We'll get a few ratings out of it. It'll be all good. Blake, what purpose is he serving? He's not getting in any fights. He's not any, causing any controversy. He's just like, uh, He's eating the food and drinking the booze. Like he's just on the payroll and he's contributing nothing to the revenue. What are we doing here? Why is this guy still here? Not that I dislike Blake. I mean, I have no problem with him. It's hard to have an opinion on him for those reasons. But what are we doing? So, yeah. Ed, ghost, Blake, ghost, one stays. I don't really know why but it is what it is um and then it's date season uh she get, what's the guy's name i don't know any of these it's like the last week flat second and third last week i don't know any of these guys names still i just know blake ed noah um what's the guy's name is it name also blake or ryan the dude she goes on the date with where they're like playing tennis and then he actually very sad he tells her about how he attempted suicide. That was sad. That was messed up. Um, but what I was going to say, see, now this is like dark and not funny and lighthearted. I wasn't going to say about that. I was just going to say the dates are so like, they're desperate. Like they were fucking looking through tennis balls and like 
hitting pinatas. Like that was the date. I there I remember I'm old enough to remember when they would fly a helicopter to like the White House so you could eat dinner on top of the White House and then sleep in the president's bed and stuff. Like I remember that. These guys are sorting through tennis balls and opening pinatas. That's what that's what they got. That's the you're getting to the end of the show. Here's your date. Oh my god. Just give them like a margarita bar and send them to the pool at that point. What are we doing anymore? I mean, I get it. Pandemic. They can't do the stuff they usually do. Things are closed. I get it. I understand. But geez, that they're, I don't know what these last few dates are going to be like. Cause God, they're getting fucking, they're running out of ideas. If that's what they had for this one, they are running out of ideas in a hurry. Pinatas, dude. Like, was it even the Cinco, like Cinco de Mayo or something like pinatas? That's it for clues and tennis balls. Like what, what are we doing? Like, why don't we, how about you make like a normal date night? Like, why don't they just do one of those? Like go the other way with it where the bachelor's dates usually are just insane. Like you hike across this mountain and then you, you the on the Amalfi Coast, you eat dinner for the evening. Or, I don't know, like you you swim with the dolphins and then you have a $7,000 steak and then you get serenaded by Adam Levine in Maroon 5. Like, instead of these, since you can't have these extravagant, out-of-control, outlandish dates, why don't they go the opposite way? So instead of trying to make these wild dates in the bubble, why don't they just go the other way and this season, I mean, it's too late. The season's been filmed, so whatever. Um, but why don't we make it like, let's have normal dates. Like, we'll do the total opposite of what we usually do. Like, oh, your guy's date tonight, like, he's going to come over and you watch a movie. Or you just, how's this? Try this one on for size. Like, you guys are just going to have dinner. Like, can you, like, whoa. If you, if you can bear that. If you can bear a date being you just have dinner that's still probably cooked by like the best chef on planet earth. And you're probably still going to have like fireworks and live music. Like we can't just do that. We can't, just, why do we have to try to make these dates still crazy? Like let's lean into the opposite of what usually happens and lean into like, all right, this season we're just going to do like normal real world dates. Cause guess what? When you pick someone and you get married and you finish the bachelorette, like we're fucking Chris Harrison's not flying your ass out to Machu Picchu to eat lunch. Right. Like that, that, you know what your new date is like going to red lobster and like $2 margaritas. That's your new date night once the show's over. So why don't we just introduce that now, make it a little more normal now. Like maybe I don't know if sports run, like maybe the date night's like, Oh, the Lakers play. Like you guys just watch a Lakers game or I don't know, like normal shit, like normal shit. Like, like, you go go see an orchestra, go see a live music performance, go to a concert, quote unquote. You get the live people to come there to play a song anyway. Just get them to do like a little mini concert for them. Well, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a good idea instead of weird stuff like fucking playing pinatas and looking through tennis balls. Like, what are we doing, guys? Also, I get, I was going to say, you always see the mountain in the background. Like, why don't you do like hikes? Like go to that mountain. It's outside. I guess the, the danger is you see other people there and the quarantine of the show gets broken, but I don't know. Dates are fucking weird. Um, and then they do the, uh, group date with the lie detector test. 
oh man, the cheesy, I guess this falls into again, like their dates just suck. Like it's just so weird and cheesy. The quote unquote lie detector test. It's like a computer screen with a pink heartbeat monitor going across connected to a red and green light bulb. Ah, just so weird. Like, obviously it's just so not real. I don't know. Like at least try to make it feel a little real. Like I get it. The show is trying to be like entertaining and controversial, I guess. Cause one guy says, yes, I'm ready to meet her parents. And then the red light goes off, but dude, it's just so obviously fake and it's weird. I don't like it. Um, and then that's pretty much it. I mean, the last thing I had is Riley when he's talking to her about changing his name and he's like crying. The dude gave like a seven minute monologue. It was unbelievable. Like Oscar worthy, put him in the next fucking Pixar big time Warner brothers movie. It was unbelievable. The delivery, the emotion, it was all fantastic. Um, I don't know if he got a rose. I, again, not paying close enough attention. But Jesus, he was fantastic. I mean, it was incredible. So that, I guess, was good. And then the last thing I will say, the dude, Zach, he's – disclaimer, Zach's the guy I think who's going to win. He's like, yeah, I've cheated. And then he's like, oh, I kissed this girl when I was in sixth grade and had a girlfriend. Bro, what's up? Does that even count? What's up, guy? And why would you joke about that? He's like joking. She's like – I'm ready to send his ass home. Fucking cheating's and a no, it's a no starter, non-starter for me. He's like, oh, it was in sixth grade, huh? I guess it worked out because then he starts making out with her on the bed. But it was like that was a fucking weird thing to joke about. But okay, <laughs> okay, Zach. Um, and then Bennett comes back and whatever. We'll see what happens. Just get him out of here, dude. Like Bennett, you're not gonna win, Noah. You're not just. We know these guys are all going home. I think it's between Zach. Um, Brendan, I think the guy with the curly hair, I think those are the two, I think those are the two that are going to go the distance. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with Bennett. I, if she keeps him around, I guess, hopefully he argues with Noah some more and there's more controversy. Cause that's my favorite part of the show, but whatever, we'll see what she does. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still in on Tasha. I've liked Tasha so far. I've liked her decisions. Uh, she seems cool still. I haven't had any. Unlike Claire, where in the, what, like three or four episodes she was in, and there were 20 moments where I'm like, this bitch is fucking crazy. I haven't had one like that with Tasha, so that's positive. She's four, four or five episodes in, zero crazy. I feel like she's cried like once. She's on fire. Um, but that's all I got for this week of The Bachelorette, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know if I'll talk about the next week episode. This is kind of just a fill-in because State got hosed by Virginia, so... Is what it is. We'll see. I'll, I'll keep stay updated, subscribe and shit, stay posted. Um, quick break, and then I will talk about a little bit of state hoops. All right, after this. This is the sad part of the episode. This is the depressing part. This is the part I didn't want to have to talk about. I'm sad it's even existing. MSU, Virginia canceled. God damn it. This is These are the days and moments where I'm like, Jesus Christ. I really just like sports are the only thing I do for fun, especially Monday through Friday or like Sunday through Thursday during the work week. I mean, it's sports and then I sleep. That's like my entertainment. That's it. And I scroll Twitter, I guess. I guess that would fit in there. Ah, man, late last night too. I was just about to go to bed. Like 
hell yeah, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to drink a little coffee, put in some work, and then I'm going to watch MSU. Let's go. Nope. Not the case. Not the case at all, man. God damn it. I'm so sad. Word on the street, Virginia basketball. I don't know if it's their players, staff, coaches, who. I don't know who. People at Virginia, they've been dancing. They've been spending a little bit of their evenings with the coronavirus to say. So they can't play. They either can't play or they don't want to or whatever. Fair enough. Fine. They're being safe. Listen, I I don't I haven't had corona as far as I know. I at least haven't had the symptoms. I haven't gotten sick from it. But I would imagine with all the side effects and the symptoms people have been dealing with generally, I'd imagine getting your ass whooped by Michigan State 40 minutes probably doesn't help those symptoms. So you know what? I can't blame them. If I was if I had a hard time breathing and I I was gassing myself out going up the stairs, I probably wouldn't want to chase Rocket, Rocket Watson, Aaron Henry down for 40 minutes either. So you can't blame them. If I fucking, if I was going up to the gym, if I was showing up to the Virginia Cavalier Center and I had to go against that tank, that absolute wagon, that thing to quote Alfie, Alfie Solomons, in which its shadow, nothing good or great will ever grow. If I had to go against that, that Michigan State basketball team, that defense, that'll just fucking bleed you dry like a vampire on hollowed eve if i had to go against that i'd probably have coronavirus too i probably would and i can't blame them i probably have coronavirus too you know so i can't blame them it is what it is it absolutely is what it is sure it's a bummer sure like i was on sunday i'm like fuck yeah wednesday is gonna be a great day because msu virginia msu's four no big deal. Look, guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. MSU just back in the top five again. What was this like the third year in a row? We've been in the top five. It's like a habit at this point. It's not even like like third teams out there that are getting all juiced up and pumped. It's like, oh hell yeah, we're ranked over eight overall or something. State, we're ranked four. It's like whatever. Like nobody's even saying anything about it. It's like, all right, cool. That's uh yeah, that's it's another Tuesday on the block, as we call it. But yeah, I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out. Like I said, on Sunday, I was like, oh, hell yeah, Wednesday's going to be a great day. I wanted to wake up today just feeling that blood flowing through my veins. I wanted to make a video saying, if you're not getting up for this one, if you're not watching old MSU reruns all day at work, if you don't feel that in your plums, there's something wrong with you. And this sport, this fan base, it isn't for you. If you didn't get up with a little tingle, a little heartburn, a little vinegar and piss. It's not for you. Sadly, I can't do that because the game's canceled. So instead I have to come on here and tell you how sad I am that it is canceled. Um, another thing that's actually kind of funny about this. So last night, India, or I mean, Illinois beat Duke after state fucking mopped the floor with Duke as well. And now coach K is like, Oh man, should we really be playing the season? I, th- I feel like it's for the best of everybody if we just cancel. I want to keep everybody safe. That has nothing to do with the fact that my team blows and is an embarrassment to Duke basketball of all generations and should be revoked of the name Brotherhood just by the the low level of offense that we play. It has nothing to do with that. Coach K is concerned about his guys. He's concerned about the staffers at Cameron Indoor. He's concerned about the Duke community. He doesn't want anyone getting sick. Should we really be playing this basketball season, guys? 
And it's not because this is the first year my team's been trash in 20 years. It's because he's really worried. He doesn't want to play the season, guys. Now that he realizes, oh, I'm not going to have people at Duke and the ratings are going to be way down because my team sucks. So I'm not going to lose as much money as I thought I would. Should we really be not? Should we really be playing, guys? Shut up, Coach K. Shut up. It was so funny seeing that. I think that was this morning. The report came out that he's like, now he's Mr. I don't know if it's safe. And then there's, of course, receipts. Like these people, people like Coach K, like you're generally liked guy. Like I don't have a problem with Coach K. He seems like a nice enough guy. And for being at Duke, easily my most hated basketball program. I don't even like Michigan basketball. I don't really mind. To be the coach at my mo- at the most hated nationally basketball program and still be like a fairly likable guy. That's pretty impressive to do. That seems, and he's been the coach the entire time. So very impressive there, but it's just so on brand for, I don't know as much a guy like coach K cause I don't really know a ton about him, but just for a brand like Duke, a brand like Duke basketball, where everyone kind of, they're like the, the pretty boy, like everything's handed to him. They're the kid whose daddy's a lawyer and drives the Porsche and all that stuff. And now it's like, now that they suck, it's like they want to take their ball and go home. Just so on brand. Not only because of what Duke embodies, because that's what Duke embodies. Duke embodies the guy who everything in the world goes his way. He always wins. He's never had a bad day. And the first time something does go wrong, it's like, oh, I'm going to sit here and cry and whine until someone fixes it for me. Just so on brand for Duke, which is hilarious because there's receipts. Coach K. Sorry about that. Got cut off. Anyway, Coach K, we have receipts. We can see that it's a fact, a guaranteed fact, that at the beginning of this basketball season, you said, quote, unquote, the NCAA cannot afford to miss another tournament and we have to play this year. What happened, brother? What happened? You just got your ass kicked by Michigan State and then Illinois. And not only did you get your ass kicked, but your team looks terrible. I mean, that Jalen Johnson guy, the one dude who's supposed to be good, like he kind of sucks too. So now that now that you suck like no one else can play and you have to use your fucking Coach K, Abraham Lincoln powers to be like, we must put a stop to this. What the hell is that all about, Coach K? Stop being a sore loser. You stink for one year. It's okay. You'll still win some basketball games. You're still Duke. You still have some decent players. It's okay, Coach. Everybody's Everybody's had bad years. Like just because you're Duke and just because you're Coach K, like one bad year, it's okay. You can still chalk it up. Listen, you can have a bad year, and guess what? At the end of the year, you can do what it seems like something you love to do. You can put the blame on something else. Put the blame on the COVID season. Put the blame on there were no fans. Put the blame on you couldn't practice as much. Whatever you want, Coach K. You can put the blame on whatever you want. God forbid you take the blame for not recruiting well enough or not being able to develop the recruits you do have. God forbid. Like It's okay, Coach. It's okay. You don't need to ruin it for everyone else. Come on now. Sharing's caring. Take your ball and go home. Come on, coach. You don't need to do that. It's funny. Very funny stuff. Just so goddamn on brand for Duke. Like, like when he's saying that, how is someone, whoever controls his Twitter or whoever he says it to, is someone not like, coach we're gonna get made fun of don't say that and then he just does it anyway like it's just 
such perfect Duke. <sighs> but anyways, I don't know. Like I was going to talk about, I wanted to talk about MSU today. I wanted to talk about what I wanted this to be was first half. I talk about the game. Hopefully I'm like, oh man, Rocket Watts having 40 points was great. Aaron Henry having a quadruple double was great. Joey Hauser having 20 and 20 was awesome. And winning the game by 70 was the best part. That's what I wanted to come on and do. No game. Can't do that. And then I was going to spend the next whatever, 15, 10, just being like, this state team, where am I thinking? But now it feels out of place. I guess I touched on it a little bit um, on the – Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I keep getting interrupted. God damn it. This is so fucking annoying. Anyways, team looks good. Team looks good this year. Key is this. The defense has been sick. I already, I think I talked about this on here. I don't know if it's just the team defense is way better or Aaron Henry being a whirling dervish and coming off his player and blocking and stealing and disrupting. Aaron Henry's been an, an animal, like straight up. He's been an animal. So the defense being what it is already, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't want to mess with these guys with a 10 foot pole. I think that's the expression. I wouldn't want to mess with you with a 10-foot pole. So defensively, that's kind of where I'm at. Key, Hauser's been nasty offensively, big time. Henry still figuring out the shot, but he's, you know, he showed flashes. Like when he gets in the lane, he can play make, he can finish at the rim. Um, I feel like he's had a lot of opportunities, kind of missed some shots, hasn't finished a few. He's been good. The aggression's been there, which is huge. I think that's what MSU needs out of him this year. I feel like he's always been, or at least the last two years, he's been pretty passive. Obviously, both of those years playing with Cassius Winston, so he never needed to be the guy. But now it's like he kind of has to be the guy, or at least a little bit of the guy, one of the guys. So his aggression and like trying to make something happen, I've enjoyed, even though it doesn't always end with a basket or whatever. But I've enjoyed the attempt. Um and then Rocket. Rocket's the key, I think. He struggled the first game. And then what I think the last like three games, he has 20 points or more. Like he started to figure it out. He started to realize what I've been saying since he got here last year, which, bro, you can score any like you can just score. If you want to score this play, go ahead. You can score. Like anytime you want, just score. Or go by your guy and you're gonna hit someone for a wide open three. Like that's what we need Rocket to realize and understand more and just get more comfortable with is, hey, you got the keys to the car now, brother, man. Like, nobody's – like, don't be looking to someone else to bail you out. Like, you're the fucking guy. You're the guy. We need a basket. All right, hit him with a step back and wet that thing in his mouth. We need a two. Go by your guy, dish it, dunk. He's the guy now. That's the key. That's the key to all of this. Um, the turnovers are Rockets – the biggest thing holding him back right now. Like he just makes passes where it's like, are you looking where you're throwing the ball friend? Or are you just like fucking tossing it around? He makes too many passes like that. Not even like, cause even cash has had a few back in his time where it'd be like, Oh, he's trying to like make the, the highlight pass or, or squeeze it in. If it gets through, it's a layup and he's just trying to squeeze it in. No, nah, he makes too many passes where it's like, bro, that guy is clearly not open. Why are you throwing it there? Like you look, you freeze the shot before he throws the ball and anybody with a brain's like, yeah, so this ball is going to get stolen if he passes it there. So he probably won't pass it there. And then you hit play and he passes it there. And sure enough, it does get stolen and they get a dunk or a layup. It's like, 
rocket what are you doing guy like it's it's not like you need to be it's not like he's a shortcoming as a playmaker it's not like dude you got to be a better playmaker it's just like bro you got to like use your head a little bit more like what the fuck are you doing what the hell is that that guy has a defender standing right in front of him like it's rocky lombardi syndrome where it's like bro there's a wrong color jersey standing in front of him why are you throwing it to him oh man he's the key though I think he's the key. Um, the bigs have been good. Bingham, I've loved defensively. I feel like he blocks like three shots a game. Marble's been way better. Marble needs to just eat Kithier's minutes. Kithier is so like, eh. It drives me crazy how much he plays. He's probably a great guy and everything, but like he can make a layup and like clap his hands on defense. Like, what does he do? He doesn't bring anything to the table. He's a guy where it's like, why should I hire you? And he's like, uh, I don't know. I got like I'm I'm okay at this, I guess. Like, he doesn't bring anything. Marble, at least, he's throwing down fucking jackhammers. He's rebounding. He's physical. Like, Kivier, it's like just a wet potato. Like, what are we doing with the guy? And then Lankford, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't really done much. I feel like he hasn't tried to do much. I don't know if he's still worried about his leg or ankle or whatever. Or if he just kind of lost a step and he can't. I don't know what his deal is. I mean, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been bad. Like, he's barely even been noticeable. Gabe Brown's been great, actually. If he he's another guy where it's like him progressing and he's great as a guy who as a six eight athletic dude who locks you up on defense, rebounds and shoots threes. He's a great shooter. I mean, he bailed us out that Detroit Mercy the last two games, Mercy and Western. He was just a hose from three and made some big shots to ice them both at the end of the game. But if he can become more than I'm just going to play defense and make threes. That's another guy where we can go to the next level. I mean, as it is right now, as a three and D guy only, we're great with Gabe, but if he can be a, like, I'll create my own shot or put it on the floor, get to the rim, make plays for others. Like it doesn't need to be every time, but here and there, like a couple times a game, if he can contribute that on top of the threes in the defense, that's another guy where we go to a next to the next level. I want to see a lineup where we got rocket Henry, Gabe, Bingham, and like Marble. And it's just the all defense team. Like everybody, it's our best defenders. I mean, Gabe, Gabe should be able to do, I don't think he's as explosive as Henry, but Gabe should be able to do close to what Henry does as far as defense goes. I mean, Gabe's longer than him. He might be more vertically athletic, but they're the same guy, long athletic wings who they can stay in front of you. They can get up on your face. They're so long. They'll affect your shot. Even when you think you have them beat, like I want those guys to just turn it on. It feels like when they do, cause we'll go through runs of the game, especially these last two games for like 30, 35 minutes. We don't look great. And then we'll have a five, 10 minute stretch where we kind of lock them up. We go up 10, 15, and then that's kind of it. It feels like, whenever like those stretches come when Henry or whoever tip, it feels like Henry, like we get that defensive lineup in where it's like Henry Bingham rocket. It, and it feels like they go, they kind of look at each other and they're like, all right, do you guys, let's just make them not score. Like, can we all agree to not let them score again? And then we just ice the game. I want Gabe, whether it's for the second unit or put him in with Henry, like Gabe should be another one of those guys. who's like, all right, I don't know about you guys, but my guys just not, going to score another point for the rest of the game like he should become one of those guys and another like i said take us to the next level 
But that's it. God damn, I'm sad that they're not playing that. I fucking love MSU basketball. There's nothing better. I've tweeted it. I've said it. There's nothing better. Like maybe my favorite part about college basketball. Obviously, I love basketball. I love that it's MSU. So them being like my team, it's very fun. And nothing beats like a good Saturday pregame and hang out with the boys type game. But my favorite part about college basketball is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, just like a random weekday night or any other sport. You're just not doing anything. Like you don't care about it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, random night. You're just like, oh, we got a fucking big game tonight because every game matters, especially once conference play starts, play 18 Big Ten games. Every single one of those puppies matters. So once that happens, it's like, all right, fucking every game's huge. Obviously, when we play Duke, big game. Virginia would have been a ranked game tonight. Like when you have those big games on the week, they just hit different. You wake up fucking like, let's go, baby. You feel like you're about to play. Like it's big time. I got to get ready to watch some basketball tonight. So I'm bummed out, man. I was looking forward to it. It's like my favorite part about college hoops is it's a Tuesday night. You don't do anything, but guess what? You better get the fuck up because you got a game. You got a big ass game to watch. You got to scream at the TV a little bit. You got to fire off a couple tweets. Why do we turn the ball over so much? Like, get yourself ready. Bummer, there's no game. Whatever. Um, appreciate. I got. That's it. Like, I don't have anything else to say. Ohio State. They just announced is going to go to the Big Ten Championship for football, even though they didn't have enough games. Whatever. It's the right call. It would have been hilarious, though, if they didn't change the rule. Then it would have been Michigan State, Penn State. <laughs> the two of the worst teams in the Big Ten, Michigan State and Penn State. Winner of that game goes to Indy. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been so perfect, dude. Mel Tucker going to Indy. Imagine Mel Tucker, I mean, going to Indy alone. The jokes on Jim Harbaugh's head and on the Michigan fan base's head. If Jim, if Mel Tucker went to Indy, God forbid. If Mel Tucker went to Indy and won in his first year and Jim Harbaugh in year six is <laughs> imagine Mel Tucker in year one in a rebuilding year at MSU in year one wins the Big Ten championship. Jim Harbaugh in year six when these guys thought they were going to be winning natties. Jim Harbaugh, like Mich- what's Michigan's like entering a rebuild. They got two wins. They didn't win a game at home this year. In year six, Jim Harbaugh's like starting a fucking rebuild. And in year one, Mel Tucker's in Indy. Oh, my God, dude. It would have been so perfect. (laughs) But they made the right decision. Ohio State's clearly the best team in the Big Ten. They shouldn't even play the Big Ten game. Just fucking let them go. They're clearly the best team. They're the only – if anybody in the Big Ten is going to go to the playoff, it has to be them. It's useless for anyone else to go. But I guess we'll see if they beat Northwestern. I hope they do. I like when the Big Ten gets represented. Um, And Ohio State's just sick. I mean, they have so many fucking cool players. But that's all I got today. Appreciate everybody listening at Nick Second String on Twitter, at the period second period string on Instagram, the second string Detroit at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, and the second string.com. Christmas needs today and tomorrow, last days before you, if you want something delivered by Christmas, today, tomorrow, and then see ya. Forget about it. Appreciate everyone listening. Come back tomorrow with, uh, with another random one. I haven't decided what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, but, you know, I'll think of some things. I'll think of some random topics that you never thought you'd think about, but we will. All right. See you guys.